Welcome to Sink or Swim. You're listening to Melbourne business owners Adam O'Shea and me, James Wakefield. Each week, we'll break down our missteps and successes in running a B2B small business so you can learn from our mistakes. Welcome back to episode nine. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about hiring and HR. So I've had a few experiences with this, some good, some bad. <laughs> um, I think everyone does, to be honest with you, when they, uh, when they start making some hires. But what's, uh, what's your experience been, Adam? Yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Um, I definitely, yeah. So obviously I started the business in May 2019, had a really, really successful like first six to seven months. Was really on, happy. On your own, was that? On my own, yeah. on my own. Um, really, really happy. And I started getting a lot of work in Japan. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, recruitment in Japan is probably the hardest in the world. <laughs> um, you know, the very inactive candidates. So, but I was getting a lot of work there. And, you know, fees are really high. So I was seeing this as a really good revenue opportunity. Um, I did get a couple of placements done myself, but just had too much work as well as everywhere else that I was recruiting. So um, I looked at getting a local Japanese recruiter um, to hire. Well, at least that's what I thought. Um, <laughs> uh, reached out to a few people. One came back, looked really, really good on, on like paper on her LinkedIn, like really, really strong, had technical recruitment experience, said she was based in Tokyo, Japan. Sounded like her name was from Tokyo. Um, Japanese, sorry. Um and yeah, did an interview, first round went well. Then we had a Zoom and it came up that she was actually based out of the Philippines. She wasn't based in Japan, but all her recruitment was done in Japan. My gut was telling me that there was something off, that there wasn't something right, but I was just so desperate and just wanted to rush into to hiring someone. It was on a contract basis, so it wasn't a full-time employee. But I thought, you know what, I'm going to bite the bullet. She sounds good, let, let, let's go with it. Roll on eight weeks, there was pretty much no activity, no candidates sent, she didn't know what she was doing, like didn't understand the market, didn't understand the kind of candidates I was looking for. And I realized that there was just something off here. Um, so yeah, I had to, to terminate the the agreement between us two. And, and it really shifted my confidence, like really shook me up a little bit. Like, oh, wow, this was like my first attempt at some sort of hire or getting some external help. Um, and it just sunk like it was really really bad it didn't s swim it sunk um you know so i yeah I, for a while i said you know what I'm not going to try this again just went at it for myself obviously we had a few issues with what was happening throughout the year over the last couple of years but then um yeah last year i decided to take a shift and we've talked about this in a few earlier episodes and hire um abby who was the marketing manager to really create the brand to actually help me hire for in the future um I'd like to say it's worked out well. She's still with us nearly a year later. Um, whoop, whoop. The brand is looking, <laughs> the brand's looking better than it ever has been. Content's going out. There's so much more engagement. So yeah, um, I think for me, like a, a big learning curve was to trust your instincts, trust your gut. Um, you know, I knew that there was something off about that first sort of hire and something that maybe I shouldn't have done. But again, you learn from it, right? So you know, you lost a little bit of an investment, but you know the. Um, knowledge I gained it, yeah, from exactly. that experience really made sure that the next one yeah. was not going to happen like that, that it was going to be the right hire for the right reason. Um, and yeah, it worked out pretty well, but I know that you've had a few experiences. Yeah, so I think like when I first got into, so taking it back to the very beginning, I worked in recruitment for about a year and a half and decided I was ready to start a business. Um, I say start a business, basically ready to recruit on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I understood that a year and a half isn't much experience in, in any field, uh, let alone recruitment. So I thought next best thing I need to do is to, to get a business partner. Um, so when I first started, I'd I done pretty well, similar to yourself, really. I think it was about maybe uh, maybe eight months on my own. Enjoyed it. Thought I was doing pretty well. Didn't mm. think I could do any wrong. And I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll bring on not an employee, but a business partner. Um, They'll be more invested in the company. Yeah, exactly. Someone who's got a similar vision, similar goals as me to, to take the company to the next level. Because when I was in my previous job, I wasn't really involved in interviewing, involved in any part of the business apart from just doing recruitment and mm. working on my desk. So I thought it'd be really good to bring someone in who's a little bit more knowledgeable, who knows how to maybe run a business a little bit better, understands the operations a little bit more. Um, that person was somebody that I knew. I thought that'd be the best best one to go for because mm. if you're hiring and bringing somebody in who's a complete and also stranger, you just don't know what their where their intentions, are, yeah, what yeah, their yeah, what yeah. their capabilities are, what the skill set is. So I looked to um, like an ex colleague who I thought would be really good. And to be honest with you, I mean, it was it was definitely a learning curve. Um, what I got out of the experience was. If you go out on your own and start a company, it's it's your baby, it's mm. your dream, it's your goal to grow this company and do everything that you can to yeah. make it succeed. If you bring somebody else in, um, when the company's already established, they probably haven't got that they're same not as mindset. Invested. Yeah, they're not as invested. Mm. So I think for me, it, it definitely didn't work out, but I learned so much from it. Um, I had a good time, a bad time doing it. Um, the the lad that I brought on board, um, lovely person. Just don't think it was his it was his thing to do. His passion. Yeah, it wasn't his passion. He's doing something completely different now. So, um, you know, I hope you have every success in, in sort of his, his new venture. But yeah, for me, it's I think the key takeaway was to not bring someone on board who hasn't got a similar goal, similar values mm. as you, and just make sure that they're as invested as you are. Mm. Um, and that's going to be pretty hard, to be honest with you, because you're the one who took the leap of faith. Yeah. Um, you know, went out on your own and thought it was a good idea. So to bring someone on board a little bit later on down the track, um, it's definitely a good idea. Just make sure it's the right person. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was my first experience of not so much hiring an employee, but hiring, not even hiring, bringing someone on as a business partner. Yeah. It's 50-50 in the company. Mm. Um, you know, there's... A fifty percent chance that um, they've got fifty percent access to to everything that you've got. Um, yeah. So I think to give that much away from straight away is probably a silly thing to do. They need to come on board and prove the capability, mm. um, and that's shown a little bit further down the track. But um, yeah, it was a great it was a great learning experience, I suppose. And yeah. I've obviously had more experiences hiring people. Um, but what's 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 yours now? You brought Abby on board. I know the next thing for you is just growth and scale. So how do you plan on? Yeah, and, and this is why I have engaged this business coach um, to, to help facilitate that growth. You know, I want to take the business into seven figures in, in the next year, and, and that's a big goal, and I'm not going to be able to do that by myself unless I wanted to work those 24 hours again, which I'm not willing to go back to. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so last year I did hire a part-time senior recruiter um, who's based out of New Zealand, who's, yeah, been, been doing some um, – bit of work and, and getting some deals done, which has been great. So it takes that pressure off you a little bit um, of, of you being the sole force behind the revenue that you're having to generate through the business. But I know that that needs to continue to grow. I need to take it to the next level, bring on more people to keep facilitating the growth to be where I want to be. And that's where a lot of the goal setting has has come in. So yeah, for like this year alone, I'm, I'm planning on trying to hire two by mid, middle of this year, another two by the end of the year, which is then going to take the company to about six or seven people, um, which is daunting um but i feel like i'm getting a, a much better grasp on what needs to be done to get there 
by having this help. Yeah. Um, Do you know, know what you're looking for more so now than when you first made your first Yeah, fight? and I think I know also what I'm not looking for. Yeah. I think that's a big thing. I think, you know, anyone can learn skills. So I think it is more about the people's attitude, mindset to work, yeah, what, they, what they can bring. Um, you know, obviously having someone that has the experience of the industry is definitely going to help. It's a quicker learning curve. But at the same time, you've also then got the risk of them having adopted really bad habits. Yeah. And you've got to try and unlearn those for them because you do it a certain way. Um, and, and again, like I'm very flexible. Like if, if there's a way that works for you and you can get the job done and, and you're delivering the results, I'm not going to stand and say, no, that's not the right way because it's not my way. Um, but I think, yeah, just learning how to find the right fit for your business is probably more important than finding the right skills um, because skills can always be taught. Um, and, and that's where the business coach is coming in to help me produce that um, operations plan like what's the onboarding going to look like for a new employee now like have we got systems and processes in place how do they know where to go if they need don't understand a piece of technology you know are they going to work remotely are they going to work in the office um you know so there's there's lots of like contributing factors as to hiring and, and how to hire and who you're going to be hiring i think from day one as well you, you just automatically assume you can hire someone and you forget how much knowledge they don't have of you and what you think you're business should be like and it's almost yeah. setting a plan and I know that's what the the business mentor program um yeah, not only is that and this is why I bought Abby in because I wanted to create the brand mm. right so I didn't want people coming in and going well who is AOS recruitment they can go onto LinkedIn they can go onto Instagram TikTok and they'll know who we are they they can get a, a really good gist of our vibe of our culture what we're trying to bring what we're trying to deliver um not only to clients but to candidates creating like a hub for for everybody to be able to come and see and get a bit of our personality you know we work hard but we also play hard like yeah. we you know we we go out on on work event trips we do dinners um you know we had a christmas party like little things that that's going to attract talent it's not just you know here's a job that we've got you know it's very hard to grow a small business when, you, when, when you're only at two or three people it's very hard to get someone invested to come into the business because they're used to working in 20 30 100 plus business like companies um you know it's, where it's almost like sorry again sorry to yeah. interrupt it's that that first second third fourth fifth hire is probably the most important when you when you're hiring like person number 30 probably yeah. less as important because that these create the foundations of what the 100 yeah and i wouldn't even say like less important but i think in terms of what you're looking for can be a lot more flexible yeah, i definitely. think getting the right hires the first time to create the culture but to also to create the work ethic within the business that yes we, we get to have fun and do this and go on these these things, but we, we work hard to get there. And I think, you know, that's that's a really critical, like having someone that is motivated, you know, it may not be their business, but they want to succeed. They want to do well. They want the commission or they want whatever it is that their job entitles them to by performing the best that they can. You know, finding those people earlier on and, and having them stay. You know, retention is really, really important and when, it's, when, it's when you're pretty in hard and especially in recruitment like it's quite a high turnover in all different companies yep. big and small yeah so it's hard to get that person the right people on board i think it's just about creating a mindset that everyone adopts like again probably culture be the yep. better word to use um but how have you found did, did you know what the culture was before like abby and the other um, employee came on board or did that I didn't know what the culture what was. I knew what it, I didn't want it to be. Yeah, okay, cool. I think that's the way that I really went into it. I, you know, I think we've all had bad work experiences, bad cultures, bad, you know, something to do with, with, with the previous role. And I, I knew what I didn't want it to be. I knew I didn't want to be like a guy with a whip 
you know, making sure that everyone was getting everything done. Like, you know, I wanted the, the and we've talked about this in the work-life balance, I wanted the flexibility, I wanted that work culture that people can come to work and actually enjoy coming to work on a Monday. I don't want people being at home, snoozing their alarm, going, oh, I've got to go into work, I've got to go into the office. I want them to actually enjoy coming in, enjoy their job, because they know that then they're going to get rewarded for it at the end. So that was a big thing for me that I I, I knew what I didn't want culture-wise. The kind of culture thing is just starting to grow, and it's going to keep changing. You know, as more people come on, certain things will change. There'll be additional things. There'll be things taken away. I, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to look, but, you know, I think it's just being really true and being openly communicative to your employees about, okay, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing. Are you guys okay with that? Getting their input. It's your business, but you want to understand how are they feeling about it. You know, yeah. I think that's really, really important to make that right higher. I think that's it as well. Like leaders lead from the front, don't they? And the culture trickles down from the top. Yeah. So if you come into work and you enjoy it, if, if you're flexible in what you do, um, you know, your employees are going to see what you do and they're going to probably And also the opposite, that. like if they come in negative, like we, in my last job, like one of our bosses would come in a bad mood and everyone was in a bad yeah. mood because everyone was walking on eggshells, didn't know what you could say, what you could do. Would you look at someone the wrong way? And it was, it was awful. Like it was a really, really bad. And if you're coming in, you know, I, I know they say to like separate your outside life from work, but like you know, it, it it can really have a huge effect on everybody else that's in the office or in the business. If someone is in a bad mood or someone is you know throwing a tantrum or whatever it is, um, yeah. So it does trickle down, but it, that could be anybody. It could what be you, it could be someone else. If a question for you, so if you've got the absolute best biller, top biller brings in more than like one point five million dollars a year, yeah, but their attitude absolutely stinks, and then you've got someone who's bang average. Not really, you know, they're not really hitting the, the KPIs that they need to hit, but they're amazing for the culture. Um, which one would you pick? Oh. <laughs> Throwing out the hard questions today, James. <laughs> Look, I don't think it's a matter of picking. I think it's a matter of, again, communicating. You know, you, if someone's doing well, that's great, but if they're going to be creating a really bad culture for everyone else, his attitude or her attitude could be the reason the other person isn't performing as well. You know, there could be that attitude, the, the sort of disconnect. You know, you want a collaborative work environment. So whether you're the top biller or, or not doing as well, you want everybody to be feeling the same. You want everybody to be contributing the same in terms of culture, not just necessary sales and revenue. I think, you know, in the long run, having someone that, even if they are an amazing biller, but have a really bad attitude, that can actually affect the rest of your business. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to think, okay, is it, is it worth taking this one, giving this one the hit in order to retain the other four or keep this one that's doing really, really well, but you might lose the other four? You know, so I think it's a, it's a bit of a, a balance, but having that communication, being very open and, and letting, letting people know that your, your door's always open, like if they're having issues, if there's something happening at home, if there's something that they're not happy with in work, that they can come to you and really install that culture that you're not just going to, turn a blind eye, sweep it under the rug, that you're actually there to listen and want yeah. to help them. Because, I think that's you know. it as well. It's such a short-sighted um, short thing to do to hire someone who's going to absolutely smash it and make loads of money, but then everyone else is going to leave or hate working there. Yeah. Um, I think to yeah, iron out the, the creases or to get rid of the cancer in the business from, mm. from the early, I from the early to, days. I don't have time for really ego important. in my business. <laughs> no one can have a, a big, big ego. I want people that are humble, but do their job well. You know, That's all we can ever ask for um, yeah. when we're hiring someone. No, I totally agree. And... Um, just moving on, I suppose, to, so I had my first hire, um, who was a, a business partner. Then the next hire was more of an employee basis. But again, I went down the friendship route. Yeah. Um, I think I've definitely learned. That's my thing. <laughs> Don't hire friends. Um, it was a bit of a unique situation, I suppose, because this friend reached out to me. Um, I was in a position to be able to bring him on board. And it definitely 
didn't work out. But again, there was so much that I learned from it. Like I don't regret any of the hires that and I've you're made. You're so friends with him even to today. Literally, honestly, know? one of my best mates. Yeah. So he was to be fair, credit to him. He can take criticism on board. Um I definitely didn't hold back when I was having this conversation with him. But aside from that, I think the amount of information, the amount of knowledge I've gained from making the wrong hires, similar to like when you know what your culture isn't going to be compared mm. to what it is going to be. Yeah. I think knowing what to look for and what not to look for yeah. are like, it's, you know, it's imperative that you, that you sort of know those differences. Otherwise you're going to keep making the same. Mistake. I mean, they always say don't, don't work with your friends or family, right? They, they say, yeah, and, you know, and, and again, I, I you're, you're actually blurring <laughs> the lines of that work-life balance because you're, yeah. you've now got someone that is working with you Monday to Friday, but then you're hanging out with on the weekend and I think, it gets to a point where you're like, I'm like, sick of this person. This person can be a friend and then to switch into friend. Oh no, now he's my boss. Whereas if you meet someone in the workplace and you are colleagues before you were friends I think yeah. it's maybe a little bit easier to do it that way but yeah my probably number one rule would be for me personally speaking don't work with friends unless the um you're a bit more like-minded do a bit more you know research into it look at the, the background yeah. what they're into make sure it's like compatible um, yeah. I think that's key but in the early days it's easy to hire a friend because they're the people that you know you're more of. comfortable yeah you exactly know? you're more yeah. again it's that imposter syndrome that we've spoken about on the earlier podcast it's am i ready to, to hire someone who i don't actually know like yeah. they're gonna think of me as a person who can actually be a leader and a boss yeah whereas a friend you're a lot more comfortable in that environment and if you do something wrong you hope that they're not gonna judge you yeah um so it just depends really but i suppose me learning from that and my advice to anyone who's thinking about hiring someone would be understand what you want and understand what you're bringing them into because if you know what you are it's easy to, to match someone up to that so know the culture know yeah. what you're trying to achieve yeah. and then match the person based on that yeah um and i think skills everything like that can be taught experience obviously it's good to have it but they come in with the right attitude right mindset um that's like the key building blocks yeah. to someone who's going to be successful especially in our kind of business, you know, recruitment, sales. I think that's what you yeah. need to be self-starter, motivated. So for me, that's key. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I, th I like. I think for me, the biggest thing that I've I've learned and, and my biggest advice is follow your gut. Um, you definitely know when someone feels right or doesn't. Like my first hire, I knew that there was something that just wasn't feeling right. Um, you know, so just really hiring definitely based on the person's, I wouldn't even say personality, but if someone's got the right motivation and the right drive as to why they want to get into it, they might not have the amount of experience you're looking for or even the skills, but f finding the people that's going to really blend in well with your culture that can learn, if, if, if you think that they can learn, if there's someone that's quite set in their ways and probably yeah. can't adopt something new or, you know, maybe even if they are culturally good, maybe it's not the best hire, but someone that is very coachable, you know, well, someone it, you that listens, not just talks. You literally can't talks. teach personality, can yeah. you? Everything else can be taught and learned, but I think if you're getting a person who's, on a similar wavelength, I think you got to know what they do, like outside of work. What makes them tick? What kind of person they are? Are yeah. they involved in sports that might make them driven, motivated? That yeah. might, you know, yeah. sort of trickle into to the workplace as well. Definitely. So I think understanding the person um, outside the work helps you understand what they'll be like in work. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you got to take that leap of faith and hire them, and, and hope that what they're saying is true. Yeah. Um. But as everyone knows, how I've learned, you've learned, and um, that isn't always the case. So yeah, I think listening to your gut because you, you know don't you mm. you literally know from day one and also one. do reference checks yeah and reference personal. checks <laughs> <laughs> um, but no no I think I think you're right I, I think 
you know, it, it is, again, it's a process. You're not always going to make the absolute perfect hire every single time. You just learn from it, understand the mistakes, the pitfalls, um, and, and how you can make that make a change the next time. Yeah. You know, don't make don't those mistakes it, twice. Don't let it knock your confidence. And no. Definitely for me, you've mentioned it, like it knocked my confidence completely. Yeah. Um, Makes you it, question. It, it, it brought me right back to that imposter syndrome. Like mm. maybe I'm good at doing recruitment, but I'm not a, a business owner. I'm not someone who can yeah. manage people. Um but I don't think anyone's really born a mm. manager or a boss no. or a business owner. You've you literally way, just really. got to learn along the way. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you know. people don't really understand. You just see the success of someone 10, 15, 20 years down the track and you don't see them on day one. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, people probably make a lot of bad hires. Mm. Um, I think it's just a matter of really setting out, whether it is writing a job description or whatever, really understanding what is this person coming in to do? Like, how are they going to contribute to my business? What is their role? What do I need them to be done at the end of the week, end of the year, whatever it is, um, whether it be marketing, sales, finance, like they need to have a clear objective so that they know when they're performing well as well, you know, and and rewarding those, those achievements. Do you think that KPIs are a really good thing because it helps someone understand I think, if, I think they're it keeps doing, if they're doing accountable. technically if they're doing yeah. well or if they're not doing well? Yeah, I think it holds people accountable. Yeah. I think people should want to have a KPI or a metric. Yeah. Um, you know, again, me and Abby, we've, we've discussed and I told her, you tell me what your metrics are. You know, and she said, these are the kind of things I want to get done in the next six months or next per month or whatever. You know, and, and letting them set some realistic expectations as well of what can I deliver in this role? You know, and I think it's very important not to just tell someone, this is what I want you to do. It's letting them sort of talk to you and be like, well, look, this is what I think is achievable based on this. And having that conversation and being really open about it. Because if they've if they've kind of set the expectations themselves, well, you might have to tweak them a little bit and say, look, actually, maybe let's just push a little bit more. But if it's very close to what they're already setting, they've set themselves that goal. So that's something that they're going to achieve rather than you saying, I need you to get this done. Yeah, I think, I think it's a very big shift. You just need shift. that encouragement, don't you? Like everyone, if you're coming into a job as a complete beginner, then you need that support from your boss yeah. and you need to understand, what, again, what you're looking for. And I think that ties into depending on what stage you're at. So if I was to hire or bring on a business partner, I'd want someone who's got experience, who understands it, who's yeah. done it before. Whereas if you're hiring a complete novice, then yeah. you're probably looking at personality for everything, but you can't really judge someone in a job that they've never done before. Yeah. So you've got to, you know, obviously that, that sort yeah. of um, comes into play, but... Yeah, someone who's a little bit more experienced. But for yourself, would you ever bring on a, a business partner or, or are you happy to be the, the guy at the top? Um, I've not thought that far ahead. I mean, I don't think so. Um, but that's not to say that I wouldn't change structures. You know, there's always profit shares for people that have been around for a certain amount of time, shows loyalty. Um, you know, so there's definitely different different things to encounter. Who knows, as the business grows, I might need someone to be like a, a, a business partner because it might get too, too I mean, I don't want to, like a big big business I'm, I'm, I'm not looking to be the next Hayes or Michael Page but you know it may get to a point where you need someone else that can just bring in that extra element or something that maybe you're not as strong at you know like for me finance operations it's probably not my strong suit compared to the sales and, the, and maybe the marketing side of things so yeah I, I, you know it could it's not something I would ever rule out if the opportunity came with the right person you know it could be potentially something just yeah. to help take to that next level yeah no I totally agree as well I don't think it's about um I mean, it's good to know where you're going to be in 10 years' time, but things can change your situation outside of work, which is impacts yeah. work. Things that are in, not change. in your control. Like, you know, exactly. things are changing forever. I mean, look at the last two years. 
everyone's business has changed. Everything's moved online. Like even for myself, my clients are not even doing face-to-face interviews anymore. Everything's on Zoom. It's a bit old school. Even like shaking people's hand is a bit old school now. (laughs) Do the elbow. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I think it's just a matter of adapting with the business. I think that's the most critical thing. And and that may be through your hiring. Um, It may be through where your business is going to go. But I think as long as everybody's on that journey with you and, and feels like they're on the ride, not falling off the ride, um, then I think that you, you have the success to, to run a good business. Yeah, I totally agree. And you'd think as well, us working in recruitment would absolutely nail interviews and understand what the best CV is and what the best experience is, but it's, it's I, so, I it's so different. I don't think I know how to interview myself. Like finding I someone who <laughs> give for the a advice. business is a lot easier than finding someone for your business. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you can you can get advice as well from, from people everywhere um, on how to structure an interview, but I think, key what you said know what the role is that you're bringing them on board to do um, and then it's absolutely. easy to find the right the right fit absolutely alright guys that's the end of the episode we'll uh, join you next week we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording this podcast and pay respects to their elders past and present this podcast is hosted by James Wakefield of King Search Recruitment and Adam O'Shea of A-West Recruitment produced by Abby Bolacino brand powered by Studio White Noise